0: Well, uh, if you're going to follow along in your Bible, I always invite that you do. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where I'm at. And I just want to ask, uh, even even the old people in the room, uh, when you were a child or children, when you are now, uh, have you ever been lost or separated from your parents? Raise your hand if you ever had a moment where like, you, you, you didn't know where your parents were, you didn't know where your guardians were. Holy cow, it's like half of us in here, right? It's like half of this room was almost on the side of a milk carton at some point, (laughs) to be separated from from your parents or from your grandparents, it is a terrifying, take it from me, I know personally, it is a terrifying moment where you just don't like, I don't know where to go, right? When I was about six years old, uh, I was with my grandmother, uh, who I affectionately refer to as Nana. I was with Nana and we were at H-E-B in Nederland, the old H-E-B, not, not like the super mega H-E-B. We're talking about the size of, you know, like your house was the size of this H-E-B. And uh, we're in H-E-B and I'm sick and she's and, and I'm bored, like every other six-year-old. Anybody get bored when you're going shopping? Yes, uh, some of the adults, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm bored to tears, and so Nana just lets me kind of wander around, and I'm looking, and of course I go to the... Toy aisle. It's, a, it's the only aisle that's for me. And so I go to the toy aisle. I find this cap gun. It's so cool. I think this cap gun is so great. Uh, and so I have this cap gun and I think I need this cap gun. Like it's not a want. It is a need. You need food and drink and shelter. I need this cap gun. And so I took this cap gun and I go looking for Nana because I need, I, I don't have any money. I don't have a job. And so I go to Nana and I I'm going to, I'm going to find her. And she's not down this aisle. She's not down this aisle. It's normal. Like there's 12 aisles in the store. And so like aisle 10, aisle 11, aisle 12, Nana left me. Like, I, I don't know what happened. I have been left at the grocery store by myself to fend for myself. And my only means of defense is this cap gun that I need really bad. So I had it in my head. It just made total sense to me that she forgot I was in the store and she's already checked out and she's walking to the car. And so I'm trying to look out the door for where Nana is in the parking lot. And I can't see that good. So I, I kinda move closer to the door and I take another step closer to the door and the 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 uh the theft alarms go off. The lights are flashing. And at six years old, I'm, I'm a convict now. And so I just run. I just run as fast as I can into the parking lot. HEB employees have to come find me. And they, they're like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not trying to steal this. I can't even let go of the thing. Like it's just stuck to my hand. I'm just so scared. And they said, No, she's still in the store. Please come. She didn't leave you. And we went back in. In this moment of fear, I was lost, and I was separated from the source of security that I had. I just panicked, and I i, I wasn't thinking. It wasn't logical thought. I just ran. I just had to, had to protect myself. At the end of Luke chapter 2, we have this story that Luke is the only one who records it of, of Jesus being 12 years old and his parents losing him. Now, if you raise your hand and you're like, I've been separated, I've been lost, I know what that feels like, you know what that fear is, I'm going to tell you, your parent, your guardian, your grandparent, whoever was responsible for you, they felt it 10 times more. If you're lost, they're more scared about it than you are. And what we see at the end of Luke chapter 2 is that Mary and Joseph, they're they're having you know, a normal family trip. And then like a day goes by and they like, hey, have you seen Jesus for a while? I haven't. Turns out they lost him and they had to go find him. So I want to read this story, this bonker story that I think we can all feel about what it was like for Jesus to be lost. Well, Jesus wasn't lost. Just Mary and Joseph didn't know where, where he was. And so I'm going to start in verse 41. It says, now now his parents, that's Mary and Joseph, Jesus' parents. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. Anybody else, you have a trip that every year you go to whatever place? You have a, like a grandparent, you have a, a, a cabin that you go to? This is their trip. This is a trip that they take every year as a family. They go to Jerusalem. And it says his parents... Uh, excuse me. Uh, and when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. So mom and dad have gone to Jerusalem. They had the whole feast of Passover. Mom, dad, and all the other people that they're with, the family and the caravan, they're leaving. And nobody checked like, hey, have you seen Jesus? And it says that Jesus stayed behind. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. So they've lost Jesus. At one moment, Mary thinks that Joseph has probably got Jesus somewhere. And Joseph thinks that Mary and the aunts think that mom and dad, everybody thinks that Jesus was somebody else. And then they realize, holy cow, uh, we forgot Jesus. Now, this isn't just, I forgot my child, right? You know, if you were here last week when we were reading the Christmas story, this is the child that God has been promising humanity since the beginning of time, all right? So God has promised this child all the way back to Eve, and, and the angels told Mary, you remember this last week, the angels told Mary, like, this is the promised child, this is the Messiah. And it says that Mary treasured these things in her heart. And so not only is it a child, they're thinking, like, you know, maybe maybe I've broken God's plan. Maybe maybe I've broken God's promise for the world. That's that's a potentially a heavier weight. I, I wonder if we're being honest. You don't have to raise your hands on this, but I wonder if we're being honest. How many times we know that God has you know, like promised a thing, or is, is we're hoping that He'll complete a thing, and that we think that due to some decision we made or some oversight we made, that we've broken God's promise. I, I'm just going to raise my hand and say, I've had that feeling like, oh my goodness, what if I broke God's promise? I wonder if Mary is thinking right now, oh, have I doomed all of humanity? I've lost the, the God child. I've lost Jesus, right? Uh, where, where is he? So they go searching for him. Now, if you lose a child, that first hour is pretty scary. Uh, I, my, my wife, Ashley, she loves all the crime shows, and so we'll watch crime shows. I know this about losing people. The first 48 hours matter, right? It's 48 hours. That's when you have to find the person. They lost Jesus for 72 hours. This is three days. This is after three days, they found him. Whew. Sweat off the brow. They found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, Listening to them, asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. I bet, I bet there were a lot of things as well, but they were, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? You know, uh, this, this is, this is classic mom. If you ever, if, if you've ever looked at a a child or a student or, you know, a, a younger person, it's like, why? Why did you? Why did you know that hurt me? Right? You know, why did you do that to to me? This is this is two thousand years ago. Mary is looking at uh, Jesus. He's like, why? Why did you not come with us? Why? Why did you treat us this way? And says so in verse 49, and he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? He's like, just kind of matter of fact. And it says, they, verse 50, and they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Mary Mary has a long history of treasuring up things in her, her heart. Uh, it's interesting to me that even, even Jesus, the son of God, who knows all things, right? Says that he was submissive to his parents. I didn't plan this for family day, but just, just it, it fits. Uh, there, there's there's room to be both right and yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Okay, yeah, there's room for both of those, and Jesus is is an excellent example of that. There's something there's something absolutely terrifying about losing someone. When uh, when I was uh, ten years old a little bit older. Uh, my brother is five years older than me, so my brother is 15, and for some reason, we are at uh, Stonegate Apartments with my nephew and my niece and my sister, and we're watching my nephew and niece, and we're playing basketball uh, on on the playground. And as a 10-year-old and a 50-year-old might do, uh, we got distracted. And after about 30 minutes or so of being on this basketball court, playing the games that we were playing, we look and it's like, have you seen your nephew? No, have Have you seen your, I haven't seen him in a while, but I'm 10, you know? So like, what What do I know? My older brother's like, I haven't seen him either. And so we start looking, We we go talk to his friends. And after 10 minutes, 30 minutes, even at 10 years old, my heart is sinking. I'm terrified. Where is my nephew? We have to go tell my sister, my mom, you know, and say, I don't know where he is. I've lost him. I don't, I don't know what's happened. Uh, the police come. There was a man search for my nephew. Uh, we did find him. So just like, I don't want too much suspense building up, but, but for about two, three hours, we could not find my nephew. We went to all of his friends. We knocked on doors. Have you seen him? We had pictures of him after like, Hour two, where I'm in the canal at 10 years old looking, I'm thinking, like, did he fall in? What what has happened? And then and then he just shows up. He just like, oh, here I am. I was I was with my friends over here. There's something absolutely terrifying about being lost and separated. When when you look back over this last year, uh grownups especially. This 2022, the number of memes that I'm seeing is like, I made it. It's like, here's me surviving 2022. It's like a picture of someone with a black eye and like a tooth and they, you know, they're smiling with a thumbs up. It's like, here's me surviving 2022. And when, when we talk about the beginning of the year, so many conversations are this. I've gotten, I've gotten lost. I've, I've, I've made some decisions. I've gotten farther away from God than I intended to be. Many of us, as we're thinking about the new year, we're thinking like, how do I get back closer to God? How do I do that? Some of us even have a memory, a history of following Jesus. We remember this sweet moment six months ago, two years ago, five years ago, of like your relationship with Christ was so strong you never thought it would be separated. But in the last month or two you've looked in the mirror and you thought, what's happened? Why am I so far away? Where is he? What do I do? I just want to look at Mary and Joseph's story as, as an example of what we can do as we move into the new year. When when we find ourselves in a place that's far from Jesus, what should we do? What Mary and Joseph did, they thought, where did we see him last? I saw him in Jerusalem. And so they went to Jerusalem and they found him. That's where he was. And so the, the first thing I, I think that we could do, if, if that's you, if I'm describing you you, you, you look back on the last few months, you're like, I feel far from God. How can I get close to him Again. Well, let me ask you, where did you where did you last see him? Where did you last have a strong relationship with your Lord? When when was it so rich and so palpable that you never thought it would be broken? What what worship songs were happening then? What church were you at? Uh, what what groups of friends and discipleship groups of people were you surrounding yourself with that mattered? And maybe your next step, because you have a history of following Jesus, is to go where you last saw him. And to get close to him and say, you know, I'm just, I'm going to sit here. Uh, a beautiful thing about Jesus is that he's terrible, terrible at playing hide and go seek. He just has no interest in it, right? He just doesn't like the game. My kids, they'll hide. I, my, my son snuck up on me in the hallways like ninja and he like karate chopped me in the ribs. Uh, that, that's, that's all of us, right? But Jesus, Jesus, he doesn't like playing hide and go seek. In fact, he says in scripture, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you knock, I'll open the door. If you ask me, I will answer me. If you are interested in getting close to your Jesus again, you can go back close to where you last saw him, but the truth is that he's not going to hide from you. He's, He's not interested in it. He'll be easy to find. And so if you have a history of following Jesus and you're thinking right now, I need to be close to God, I would encourage you to go back to where you last saw him. But the, the other thing that, that they did is that they found him in, in his father's house. They found him in the temple, right? And Jesus' response was, don't you know that I should be about my father's work? It's like very matter of fact, as a, as a teenage 12-year-old Jesus would, would say. See, you can, you can kind of guess where you're going to get a good relationship with Jesus. Listen, listen to this. Go to where you see God doing some stuff and spend some time there. So even if you don't have a history of following Jesus, if you just have eyes to see these people have no hope and these people seem to have something figured out, I'm going to go closer to them. You don't have to have a history of following Jesus to be able to start building a history of following Jesus. You can just go to God's people, go to God's things, and he's going to be in his father's stuff. He's going to be, you're going to, you're going to find truths about him in his scriptures. You're going to find truths about him in a church like Carpenter's Way. I really love this church. But if you're like, you know what? I would rather go to that church over there. Please, by all means, wherever you can get close to Jesus, go there. Because what we're doing at this time of year, everybody, universally, is that we're evaluating things. How have things been working? What is my relationship like and what do I want to work on? If anywhere on that list is you being close to God, go where, to where you last saw him or go to where you see his people are and you will start to build a relationship with Jesus. Okay? The, the second thing I want to say uh, before we, we exit out he says one last verse. Luke, uh, like I said earlier, Luke is the only gospel writer of the four writers that has the story of Jesus being 12 years old. And then this last verse, verse 252, it just has this like super fast forward moment and it says something about who Jesus is. It says, it says in verse 52, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. It's so fascinating to me because if if you're like me, when I go to church or especially when I was younger, when I would go to church, Jesus is a hundred percent God and he knows all things. And he, like, he probably was born with like, you know, a knowledge of, you know, atoms and atomic things. But, but scripture says that like, he's also a hundred percent human, that he's like you and me in, in that way, that, that he grew in stature. You know, Jesus was a baby, And he wore diapers. And then, then he was older and probably at 12 years old. Uh, this is theologically as true as I can make it, but I can't prove it. Jesus probably had acne. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he, he grew as a human, right? And the scripture says that he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man and God and man. This is, this is how Jesus grew from his childhood into his adulthood. And I wonder if, if, today is a good day to capture this idea that as you're making your resolutions, every even if you don't formally write down a resolution, everybody uses the beginning of a year as like a time to evaluate. What things do you want to do? What things do you want to start? And can I just encourage you that just as Jesus grew in these four areas, we'll pull it up here, that that he grew in, in wisdom and he grew in stature, uh, that he grew in favor with God, he grew in favor with man, can I, can I just encourage you to, to consider you making a goal for each of these four categories? Your, your children will appreciate the fact that you're making these goals. They want to see examples of this. You will be better as a result of this. That If you, if you consider, like, how can I grow in godly wisdom? What, what do you need to surround yourself with? I'm not going to answer the question. I'm just going to ask it right now. We'll answer it next week. How, what, what do you need to grow in that wisdom? And what steps are, are you taking? Grow in stature. There, there is a, a need for us to consider our physical health as well. Uh, many people, like right now, gym memberships are at their lowest because they just want to get you hooked and, like, you know, then then they they take your money. But but consider the you know your physical health. I, I'm I'm thinking about mine. I I noticed that since becoming pastor here, I take like half the steps a day than I did before because before I'm playing like Gaga ball and basketball. I'm like all over the place doing things. And some days I'll I'll finish a day and it's like golly I've got. I've got like 3,000 steps for the day. I need, to, I need to be more physically active. And so start considering growing in physically in stature to grow in favor with, with God. What, what does it look like for you to grow in favor with God? What, what kind of questions would God ask you to consider? What, what does it look like for you to consider a holy and righteous life, to make decisions that pursue him? And then what does it look like for you to grow in favor with man? I, I, as an introvert, uh, i don 't socialize well it 's very awkward i don 't know what to do with my hands i 'll make an awkward joke and everybody 's like ha ah, i don 't like i don 't know how to socialize but here 's what I do know I know that if i don 't plan it it won 't happen if i don 't if i don 't like put on a calendar someone is coming to my house next month and we 're going to have dinner it just it just won 't happen True story uh, the last worship pastor that uh, was here before Jason was David puller. David Puller worked at this church for i think five years he lived four streets over from me. And for five years, I was like, hey, we should probably have you over at some point. After five years, it never happened. I never had, but why? Because I didn't plan it. I didn't plan how to grow in favor with man. I just hoped that social things would happen. I think that we can also grow in these four areas as well. Now I didn't say this uh, at the beginning. I meant to say this in the welcome. But for all the children whose parents say that you have good behavior, which uh, if you're asking me, I think it's been really great. Uh, there is a mint after we're finished that will be in that bowl. That if your mom's, dad's, grandparents, whoever says that you can, you you help yourself. Also, uh, it, parents, families, if you would like to take home a uh, kind of an interactive. Uh, uh, I don't want to use the word craft. It's a maze, like hunting for Jesus. Uh, Miss Jennifer will have some boxes right here and then you can go home with your kids and you can read the same passage. And you can make a maze and try to, try to find Jesus in that. And, and you know what? If you're not a kid and you're just like, Hey, you know what? I'm 80 years old and I've been wanting this my whole life. It's a gift. Like take that and enjoy it. But as we close, let me pray. Uh, I wanna pray for our new year that as we're kicking it off this moment with like considering new things, new stuff is that if you found that you've grown farther and farther from God, it's not him that moved. He didn't hide from you. He didn't push you away. It's just not how our God works. That we can draw close to him and he won't hide from you. If you want to build a history with your Lord and Savior, that security of having a close relationship with him, no matter how old you are and no matter how far away you feel, It is possible. And as a church, we will help you. Other people in this room, we will help you. And next week, we're going to look at some ways that we intend to help this year. But let me pray for you and send you on your way. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your, your word. We thank you for the story that's been preserved. Lord, uh, just just like Mary and Joseph were are separated, sometimes Lord, we feel separated from you. Help us, help us to find you. Uh, we rest on the promise of your word that if we seek you, we'll find you. And so, Lord, uh, soften our hearts to to want to seek you. Uh, and Lord, reveal yourself to us, reveal your truths, reveal your mercy, your grace, your your justice. Even uh, may we find peace in the name of Jesus. We love you, uh, and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are dismissed.